0: Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession
1: of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for ASHP's podcast, Insights. This series celebrates the experiences and perspectives of ASHP's diverse membership and explores how to integrate considerations for diversity, equity, and inclusion into pharmacy practice. I'm your host, Joshua Blackwell. Today, we'll be exploring the legacy of Wendell T. Hill, Jr., a pioneering pharmacy leader, educator, mentor, and the first African-American to serve as ASHP's president. We'll look at Dr. Hill's career, his service at ASHP, and talk about what his legacy means to our profession. Our guests today include John Clark, a former resident of Dr. Hill's at Detroit General Hospital, Dr. Clark is the Director of Culture and Climate and Associate Professor in the Department of Clinical Pharmacotherapeutics and Clinical Research at the University of Florida. Paul Walker, Clinical Professor and Assistant Dean of Experiential Education and Community Engagement at the University of Michigan College of Pharmacy and Manager with the Department of Pharmacy at Michigan Medicine. Paul is also the Immediate Past President of ASHP. Welcome, everyone. This is an exciting opportunity to talk about a pioneer in our profession. Dr. Hill was one of the first African-Americans to complete a postgraduate residency and earned his PharmD, and he was also the first African-American president of the California Society of Health System Pharmacists. He held pharmacy leadership roles in California and Michigan and was a longtime dean of the Howard University College of Pharmacy. Paul, we'll start with you. What was practice like for Black pharmacists in the late 60s and 70s? What perspectives do you have there as well? Well, I was coming along
0: as a pharmacy student back in 1977, I believe is when I started pharmacy school. But I was working in a small Black-owned hospital uh, just prior to admission in pharmacy school, working as a pharmacy technician. And that actually uh, led to an internship for me there at the hospital. Back during that time, there were two or three Black-owned hospitals in Detroit. Um, Black patients at one time could not be admitted to white hospitals. And so um, African-Americans built and ran their own hospitals. And I had the uh, privilege of actually working in one of those hospitals. Um, I got to see a number of Black pharmacists in action. Uh, They served as mentors for me in the profession. And there weren't a lot of Black pharmacists in the Detroit area at the time, um, but there were some practicing in the community setting. Um, and again, there were some Black owned hospitals. And so there was some concern, I guess, about um, segregation of practice at that time. Um, there were limited numbers of Black pharmacists in the pharmacy program. I think there were two in my class. And so there were just limited opportunities, and so uh, Black Americans carved out sort of their own uh,
1: niche in uh, health system practice. John, what insights can you share?
2: My experience with window was was a very new one. I had come from a small Black college in Texas called Texas Southern University, and so I had not really seen anybody in a at a level of practice that he was in being the director of pharmacy now i had seen pharmacy managers but in the in in the environment i was in in texas i don't recall seeing any pharmacy directors at all so one of the things that we lacked there is part of a uh, part of our experience as black pharmacists is that there was um, quite a lot of discrimination in the south particular and Particularly if you came from a black school, like I graduated from Texas Southern University. So when I would go to try to look at getting internships, for example, there was always a question of whether you were properly trained at a black school, whether your training was the same. So that was a question always about your competency and your ability to perform the jobs. And oftentimes you did not get those internships. So the way you had way we got many of our practice hours as a student to meet the requirement for graduation was going to black-owned pharmacies in some places that were too black black-owned hospitals in the city at the time. And you may be able to get some experience there. So one of the things that I think was lacking during that period for me, uh, which was between, it was the seventies as well, and part of the late, the seventies the primarily, there was a lack of role models, black role models in certain positions of pharmacy. We only, in my experience, was I saw pretty much one type of role model. So there was not a lot of leadership. There was no one that I could see that spent, uh, held positions that was in high leadership. So that left left us with very few mentors that would mentor us on something a little different from what we were being exposed to. And from that, uh, we had very few networks. There was some one professional Black organization which was a National Pharmaceutical Association, but there was no other. And so those networks that we look to now and build up on now for partnerships and relationships did not exist. So when I so when I got to Detroit General and met Wendell Hill, one of the characteristics that I saw with him was not as a clinician, because he spent most of his time in management as a leader, but what I saw there was the skills that uh, he had that sort of resonated with me, centered around his ability as a leader. He was an educator, because he also worked at the, on the faculty at Wayne State University, but he was also a promotion of education within the practice environment. We were required all the time to educate patients when that was the first time I had, had someone telling me that we had to sit down and talk to patients, patients about medication, but it was Wendell who advocated for that. He spent a lot of time working with professional organizations in the community. So I would consider him to be a big collaborator. And in the end, I believe at looking back up on it now that the whole purpose of what he was doing as I interpret it today was promoting the, uh, the quality of care in black communities. Because in our case, the facility that I worked at was Detroit General, but the patient that it served was primarily the black community. So he spent quite a bit of time instilling this. Well, he instilled this value in me, at least, to think about the community that we are serving. And I think part of his uh, his influence there was on the practitioners' ability to advocate, lead, educate pharmacists for the promotion of care within black communities. And I, I believe that's what I gained from it. it and looking back in retrospect.
1: Dr. Hill was an active volunteer in state and national pharmacy associations, and his election as president of ASHP in the early 70s was earlier than in many other associations. I know, John, you mentioned NAFA, which he was also a national president of, but was it unexpected for Black pharmacists to be involved in ASHP or even other professional associations? Paul, what are your thoughts on that, especially considering your experience in Michigan?
0: Well, one of the things that uh, John mentioned, I think, really needs to be called out, and that is that um, back in the 70s and the 80s, in fact, even before that, you know, uh, Black pharmacists were at one time not welcoming the Michigan Pharmacists Association. And so, Black pharmacists in the Southeast Michigan area formed what is called the Detroit Pharmacists Guild. Um, an organization that still exists today. And it provided an opportunity for Black pharmacists to come together to talk about important issues that were impacting them and also impacting the uh, Black community in the, uh, mainly the Detroit area, but Southeast Michigan. Um, I don't know to what extent uh, Wendell was engaged in that, but um, certainly there were leadership opportunities for Black pharmacists within our own community at that time. I can't really speak to the extent to which Black pharmacists were involved in ASHP back in the uh, 70s and 80s, but I will tell you that when I met uh, Wendell, and it was after his presidency, uh, which I believe was in 1972, and I met him uh, for a short period of time in 77, as he was leaving Detroit to go to Howard University. And so I didn't have a lot of opportunity to interact with him, but I was very impressed with his history of leadership in uh, pharmacy. And it gave the idea that, yeah, uh, black Americans can achieve something in leadership within the profession. And so that served sort of as an impetus uh, to engage. Um, And lo and behold, here I am, you know, 50 some odd years later, I'm an immediate past president of the same organization. So um, that's sort of my take on on, um, engagement in the profession. I think that um, role models like Wendell uh, encourage and inspire some of us to to engage.
1: John, do you have any points when it comes to how Dr. Hill really inspired professional association involvement back then?
2: I get asked this question all the time because I do research in Black pharmacy history. So there, there's no, no proof of any resolutions, policy, or practice that may have prohibited Blacks from becoming members. But it doesn't preclude the fact that they were not welcome. They were always not as welcome to be a part. And therefore, they cautiously joined And the membership growth seemed to have been very slow, as well as uh, in small numbers, but that eventually began to change. And I think I would feel fairly safe to give some credit to Wendell Hill because he was one of the few blacks that walked into leadership positions within major white organizations. And from there, uh, you can look at the demographics to this day and see the vast change that has occurred, I believe, that he strongly held that door open and created the pathway for the diversity and equity that we see now today. I'm looking at people like Bruce Scott who came behind him, Paul Walker who came behind him, and the board members that they've just recently elected with three black women for the very first time. That was not, that's almost unheard of. And so I believe that that impact comes from the change that we started seeing with the election of Wendell Hill as president, I feel very passionate about it and excited to see that uh, that he has been a major factor in what the diversity, the inclusion of pharmacists within ASHP.
0: John, I agree with you 100%. And I will tell you that I'm very proud of ASHP in particular in terms of its longstanding commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, Going back well beyond, uh, you know, my years in leadership within the organization, a lot of it goes back to Wendell Hill. So he uh, leaves that as part of his legacy.
1: It's an honor to hear how Wendell T. Hill really shaped and molded different students and leaders. When you're talking about students and thinking about that pipeline, how do you think Wendell T. Hill is still influencing students today and the next generation of pharmacy leaders?
2: I see a couple of things. And one is his presence or his role that he played in leadership within ASHP and the profession of pharmacy has been empowering to the younger generation that follows him. So he allows us to be empowered by what he's done. It's also been inspiring and very motivating. helps us to see that we can pursue goals within the profession, that we can be uh, leaders as the same as he, he was. And that is, uh, to me, very, very important. He also seems to be able to, to this day, gives us, if you really analyze it and think about it from his, his efforts, he gives us a sense of importance uh, of the value of basically working within our profession, collaborating with our 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 peers, uh, also uh, seeking out mentors. So when we get into these roles, we don't always know what we're, where we're going with this. We need somebody to talk to to say, look, what do you think about this? How can I handle this? So that to me is one of the things that I think that he brings as a value to the students today, they really seek out people like Window. It could be, it could be you, it could be me, because they they want to have a mentor, and that's what I felt about Window myself. I wanted to be one of his mentees, you know, just because of who he was. It also, uh, it, it it helps it helps you to look at the importance of of collaborating and and, and with and building networks because those things that, that leads to long-term relationships within your profession. He used to force me to go to, to the Michigan Society of Hospital Pharmacists meetings and the local group. I never wanted to go. I felt like I didn't want to be a part of that group, but he would force me to go. And, and I appreciate that to this day because the relationships that I built then, back in the 70s, I still stay in contact with some of those people to this day. So now I can understand the value of doing that because of the long-term relationships that comes from that. And I think students today seek the same thing. I can tell when I meet with them, they that I'm gonna probably be a part of their life pretty much for the rest of their career. So I, I think that for me has a lot to do with the impact that window had on me as a young student and what I think continues to happen with students today?
0: Well, my perspective would be just a little different than John's because I didn't have that personal mentee mentor relationship with Wendell. But, you know, he certainly had a significant impact on students and their education through his work at Howard University. Um, Not just being a role model within the ASHP, he was a leader in the academic setting and you know, his work there establishing the PharmD program. And I'm sure that he mentored and encouraged many um, students who were enrolled in the Howard Pharmacy program. So um, many of them are still in practice today. So I think through them and through the comments that John made about his impact on young people who were coming into the profession, I think that lives on. Um, and so certainly his legacy at Howard it's something to be proud of and uh, continues as well.
1: You know, this conversation makes me think of a quote from Michelle Obama. Don't ever underestimate the importance you can have because history has shown us that courage can be contagious and hope can take on a life of its own. And I think Dr. Hill's legacy truly embodies that. He was the first of many, he was not afraid and he took time to mentor others as he served and took on leadership roles. The importance of mentorship and community really resonate with me. I'm hoping that this podcast inspires many of our upcoming leaders, black pharmacists, and the profession in general. It is so important to seek leadership, look for opportunities, and be unafraid to climb higher.
2: I look back at Wendell leadership I look at the leadership that we have with health system leaders today, and I'm convinced at this point that it's crucial that you have black leaders in healthcare uh, because they help promote not only diversity and inclusion, but they also help, help to promote improving access and outcomes in the communities that I think need it the most, which is the underserved black communities. Having those black leaders in those positions in healthcare today is almost crucial. They bring us representation. They bring us uh, a uh, a goal to address health disparities. They even have us thinking about cultural competence. They have us thinking about uh, leadership and empowerment. Things that we may not to say we don't think about it, but having them in those roles to see them there sort of make that message. Uh, become more intentional. And I think that is what I believe L- Wendell created. Although we may not have been seeing it at the time to interpret it this way we look at it today, but having someone in that position that we never see often in that role is it is was was quite crucial to basically building the role models that we want to have, For having uh, or him being a role model that we need to see to be able to address some of the most crucial and difficult issues related to healthcare today, which has a lot to do with disparities and and all the things that affect the underserved communities.
0: Wendell was a leader in health system pharmacy at a time when few blacks had opportunity like that, and. When I look around across our profession now, and I look at the number of uh, Black Americans, both male and female, who are in health system leadership positions, from directors of pharmacy to chief pharmacy executives, and even higher on the on the ladder into the C-suite, um, I think all of that is part of Wendell's legacy. And so um, I think we can be very proud to celebrate Wendell Hill. Uh, all of the accomplishments that he made and the trail that he blazed that many of us are now following so
1: those are my comments i I really appreciate his contribution to our profession thank you to doctors john clark and dr paul walker for your great tidbits on wendell t hill's legacy and the leadership that he exuded throughout his career it was a very thought-provoking conversation be sure to visit ASHP News Center at news.ashp.org for a more detailed story about Dr. Hill. Also, check out for ASHP's Inclusion Center at ashp.org DEI, which features our vast collection of resources to nurture the principles of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the pharmacy community. And without further ado, this ends our podcast today. And remember... Be bold and never forget to change the profession of pharmacy by doing what only you can do with your unique skill sets, talents, and abilities. Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more,
1: be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.